I'm Joanne Ozug, and you are listening to The Road to Carnivore, episode 14. In this episode, I'm going to lay out my recommendations for how to transition to carnivore. I've intentionally waited until now to do this episode because you really need to become familiar with the science and arguments for it before you start. Becoming informed about why and how carnivore is so incredible for health is the groundwork for transitioning because it's the why for doing it. And if you've listened to the podcast up to this point, most of that should be there already, but I also recommend thinking about and actually writing down your reasons for doing carnivore. When I first decided to try carnivore, my list included things like, I'd like to resolve this digestive bleeding and avoid surgery. I'd like to stop having acid reflux. I'd like to stop being constipated all the time. I'd like less painful and irregular cycles. And I knew that carnivore had resolved those exact things for other people, so maybe it would work for me. In my opinion, there are really only two major ways to transition to carnivore, either going all in all at once or transitioning slowly. And the way that you choose really comes down to your personality. Obviously, you could just begin doing carnivore anytime you want. Some people switch immediately to carnivore from vegan or the standard American diet and never look back. Others want to transition slowly and take baby steps to minimize any dramatic adjustments. I have a more type A driven, get it over with type of personality. So I've always been the type to jump in because I wanted relief right away. And the thought of easing into it felt like torture but it's going to look a little different person to person, and that's okay. Something to consider for which route to take is assessing what your starting point is. If you're someone who's currently using Snickers as advertised and are in a cycle where you're very carb-dependent and always hangry if it's been more than two hours since you've last eaten, it will be a more dramatic transition for you jumping in because your body is used to quick carb energy. But I'm intentionally not using the word harder here because I actually think dragging it out is harder. But again, if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to deal with a huge change all at once, reducing carbs slowly and cutting out toxic foods like inflammatory seed oils is an understandable bridge to take. First, we're going to talk about my personal preference and recommendation, which is to transition all at once to carnivore for at least 30 days, only eating meat and animal foods. And if that sounds too challenging, doing carnivore-ish for 30 days, still eating mostly meat and animal foods with small amounts of the lowest toxin plants. 30 days is the rule of thumb minimum for changing your baseline of health because it takes three to four weeks to clear proteins and allergens and other substances from your body that might be harming you. This time frame will also give your body enough time to heal so that you can notice reactions to non-carnivore foods later on. Being able to test and observe your body's reaction to foods is essential for permanently changing your diet because you'll be able to use personal knowledge and experience of that bad reaction instead of willpower. Even if there's tons of evidence that sugar damages the body and causes unwanted side effects, if you discover that you can eat a piece of chocolate cake and nothing bad happens, you're probably going to keep eating it. But if you go carnivore for 30 days and eat a piece of chocolate cake, I can say with near 100% certainty that you will notice a dramatic negative response from your body. And that's what will really motivate you to stay away from it and also rewire the positive associations in your brain for those kinds of foods. My husband never thought he had a problem with gluten. He ate it all the time, thought he felt fine, never noticed any symptoms after eating it. But after clearing it from his system for 30 days, when he tried eating pasta, his joints were in agony. 
to the point where he couldn't use his hands for two days, like a temporary arthritis. It has made him quite averse to eating it, even though it tastes good, because it's such a negative experience overall. Unless you're transitioning from a low-carb diet, you should expect a fairly tough adjustment period for the first two weeks as your body switches from sugar-burning mode to fat-burning mode. I talked about this in episode seven, but if you're used to eating carbs, your body does not have the capability to easily burn your own fat for fuel. So all of a sudden, the carbs will be gone and your body will be like, whoa, where's my quick burning fuel? But it will change over to becoming fat adapted in the absence of carbs. It just takes time. If you want to mitigate this, you can do carnivore-ish and include small amounts of fruits, but there are trade-offs to this because it will take longer overall to become fully fat adapted. Most people should also expect the possibility of diarrhea as the body adjusts to more fat and clears house of all the fiber and insoluble matter that is likely already in there. A gross but useful tidbit here is that if you're a fully carnivore, gas won't really be a thing anymore. So <laughs> if you get that sensation, get to the bathroom. Any carnivore veteran will tell you that. But don't worry, this will just be temporary and your body will adjust. You can also mitigate this a little bit by eating less fatty cuts of meat. But again, the trade-off is that fat is really what makes you feel satiated. So it's kind of a balance. If you're not ready to commit to jumping in, you can start cutting back on carbs slowly. I know people who've taken a few months beforehand to whittle carbs down gradually so that they wouldn't have a big adjustment in energy levels. This, however, requires the discipline of actually monitoring how much you're eating. You can easily eat a ton of carbs and not realize it, so you need to have a system for ensuring that you're actually heading in the right direction. One method for throttling down carbs is to change one meal at a time. You can start by making your dinners fully carnivore, have a big ribeye or some burger patties, then maybe turn breakfast fully carnivore with some pastured eggs and bacon. A lot of people tell me that they get major improvements in their health and symptoms even just doing one or two meals a day completely carnivore. Keep observing how you feel and eventually consider a transition to a full 30-day minimum experiment so you can give your body a new baseline of health and test reactions. Now, what do you eat on carnivore? You want the majority of your food to be meat and ideally that majority to be beef. Beef is incredible for satiety. It is much healthier than chicken, pork, and turkey. And overall, it's pretty unmatched in deliciousness. Beef is most of what I eat, and a lot of carnivores gravitate toward beef because the nutrients are just about perfect for the body's needs. Lamb and other ruminants are just as good health-wise, but they tend to be more expensive and harder to find, and they also have more funk in their flavor that will put some people off. Overall, feel free to eat a variety of things and include chicken, pork, turkey, seafood, eggs, etc., but just make sure you eat a good amount of red meat specifically. Don't eat just chicken for 30 days because you won't get the nutrients that you need from chicken alone. The fat profile of chicken is also pretty poor in comparison to red meat and is fairly high in linoleic acid. If you're doing full carnivore, the rule of thumb is you'll likely eat a pound and a half of meat per day, but I've never actually tracked this and I think it's one of the best parts about carnivore. If you're hungry, eat, and when you're full, stop. Your body knows how to handle this type of food with built-in satiety signals. Also try to make sure you're eating meals as much as you can. The convenient portable carnivore foods like pork rinds and jerky are great as filler, but they shouldn't be the majority of your food intake. Dairy is okay if you need it and think you tolerate it, 
I have mixed feelings about this because most people actually aren't able to tolerate dairy, but this is something that carnivores tend to test later on if necessary. One easy tip-off for spotting if dairy might be trouble for you is if you're doing carnivore or carnivore-ish with dairy and still having a lot of gas, you'll likely need to try removing it for a while. But that call can be made later. Just make sure that if you are having dairy during your transition, that you do not make it the majority of your food. Also make sure that you only cook with animal fats like tallow, butter, and ghee. I talked at length in the last two episodes about why animal fats are better than plant fats. But plant fats like olive oil also have compounds like polyphenols that might trigger symptoms in your body. Spices and herbs I think are fine to include in small amounts on carnivore, especially in the beginning when there tends to be more of a need for variety and flavor. But I have found over time that I am sensitive to moderate amounts of some of the nightshade spices like pepper flakes and paprika, but not everyone will be. Because removing spices and herbs limits your food choices quite a bit, That's probably something better to test later on, only if you suspect it's a problem. Now, if you are doing carnivore-ish, red meat should still be the majority of what you're eating, but you can include small amounts of low-toxicity plants. Try to focus on the non-sweet fruits like avocado, olives, yellow squash, zucchini, cucumber, roasted pumpkin, or any of the winter squashes. As far as sweet low-toxicity plants, it's okay to eat a little bit of fruit, but make sure you're not gorging yourself on them. So many of the fruits today are incredibly sweet, and I personally found that eating small amounts of even berries was triggering for me because it activated a desire for more sweetness and I started craving other things. So just be aware of that, but if you feel like you need it, it's not bad from a toxicity perspective, but if you're struggling to lose weight, you might need to drop fruit to get your insulin and carbs down. As far as drinks go, I recommend sticking with water, but feel free to have sparkling mineral waters like Gerolsteiner or Pellegrino, which are great for giving your body small amounts of magnesium, calcium, and other minerals. I also recommend discontinuing coffee and tea, which both tend to be very concentrated in a lot of the toxic compounds that I talked about in episode four. My husband drank a ton of coffee for pretty much his entire life. And when he drinks coffee now, he gets excruciating gum pain. I'm talking clutching his mouth in agony for hours and unable to perform daily functional tasks kind of pain. A lot of coffees are full of mycotoxins, and they inherently have a lot of toxins just by the fact that they are a legume. My husband and I actually now refer to coffee as hot bean water. (laughs) We just don't look at it with the same love as times past. Make sure to salt your food generously as you transition. When you stop eating carbs, your insulin will drop significantly and your kidneys will get rid of salt through the urine. And as your body starts using your glycogen stores, it will get rid of a lot of the water that was previously bound up with that glycogen. Having ample amounts of salt and also electrolytes can help with the transitional symptoms that might come up, like leg cramps, headache, and fatigue. But just know that this should be temporary. I don't have to supplement anything now and I haven't had leg cramps since the beginning transition. Now let's talk about setting up your environment for success. We've talked a lot about cues to eat in the podcast so far. They are everywhere, and you want to shield yourself from as many cues as you can. It's more out of your control outside your house, but in your house, you need to throw out the food that is not carnivore that will tempt you. And know that a lot of the things that you don't think will tempt you all of a sudden become far more appealing when you're starting to transition. My favorite example is my kids' puffed rice cakes. 
It's just rice and salt. They're like stale cardboard discs that I never cared to eat. But when they became the only carb in the house, they started looking a lot better. Don't make yourself deal with any more desire than you already will have to face and get rid of what you can. Now, what if you have other people living in your house that aren't doing this with you? At the very least, get rid of the sweets, cookies, and junk food. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me that they were surprised by how little their family actually cared about discontinuing some of these snacks. My husband actually appreciated the excuse of not having these things around for himself. It's easy to overestimate or think people will be far more upset than in reality. Ask your family to support you and be clear about your needs and figure out the best compromise possible. After you get rid of things, make sure you commit to stocking the fridge with an abundance of meats you're excited to eat. Get some great quality bacon, sausages, beef, lots of eggs, and so on. Let's wrap up by talking about how to stay the course. This is where it's important to have that list of reasons why you're doing this and also to know that there will be moments that it's hard, but that's not a bad thing. It's amazing how averse we can be to feeling discomfort from time to time. Sometimes it feels like everyone in the world says that we're not supposed to feel discomfort, but I don't believe that. Feeling discomfort, doing things that are hard at moments, usually indicates that you're doing something worthwhile, something valuable. Even if you don't stick with carnivore long-term, just making the decision to test it out to see how your body responds is an incredible gift to give yourself, and you will learn so much about your patterns around food and your relationship with food. Also be prepared and expect that you will deal with cravings, both physical and emotional. But the physical cravings will lessen as you become fat-adapted and stop eating carbs. And as far as emotional cravings, you can absolutely overcome and lessen those over time. And I'm going to guide you through how I've done this for myself. Continue on to the next episode where I will talk about how to handle and overcome cravings. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to The Road to Carnivore. Head to my website, theroadtocarnivore.com to get my free guide, Joanne's Party Survival Guide for How to Not Fly Off the Rails and Eat All the Things. Handling social situations, holidays, and dining out were always the hardest obstacles for me to overcome with getting control of my eating. And I really hope these strategies in this guide will help you get some major wins when it comes to parties and gatherings. See you next time. <music>